Liberty Base here. The Eagle has landed. Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne with Worldview Truth. And across the country, there have been rogue district attorneys that have been popping up all over the country. In fact, um, these rogue um, attorneys, district attorneys, have been wreaking havoc um, among local citizens, the local, local cities. And what we're finding out, they are being heavily funded by George Soros that is intentionally creating havoc in our judicial system. These DAs um, are soft on crime. Um, they have been known to go after conservatives, um, abiding citizens. In fact, some of this we are actually seeing um, in the political system right now in the, in the political climate. Here in the state of Florida, um, Governor DeSantis has actually eliminated or he has actually removed two of these DAs that have been doing this. And it was cited that they were in dereliction of duty. Well, in Texas, it's a totally different process. Oasis County District Attorney Mark Gonzalez sat before a judge waiting to see if a trial will go forward that could potentially remove him from office. In January, a petition was filed accusing Gonzalez of incompetency, official misconduct, and failure to give bond. In order for a trial for Gonzalez's removal to come forward, a judge has to first issue a citation that's what today was all about. Retired Judge David Peoples from San Antonio heard arguments from the county attorney and Gonzalez's attorney, Chris Gale. Gale says the petition is politically motivated because conservatives don't like that Gonzalez has chosen not to prosecute certain cases. There's been attack around Texas uh, against DAs that maybe have a slant towards uh, on abortion issues or on transgender issues or that, and that they come under attack because of those things. And that's part of the petition. It's not political. Republican, Democrat, I don't care what political party you are. If you're not following the law, you're not uh, doing your job, and you meet those elements of the statute, uh, you should be subjected to this from the public. Chris Gale, Gonzalez's attorney, says his client's office asking for help isn't incompetency. It's a smart use of resources. Dorsey also pointed to the high number of dismissals coming out of the DA's office. And I have with me today Colby Wiltsey. Um, I have him today, and he, was, he is a citizen that took on um, a county DA in Texas. And I want to go ahead and, and get your story because it's an awesome, awesome uh, story. First of all, in Texas, can you explain the process if there's a rogue DA, district attorney in a, in a local county in our city, um, what is the process? What do you do as a citizen when you see this kind of behavior? And then I want you to explain what the behavior was that you, that you took note of. Absolutely. And, and uh, Randy, thank you for having me on today. It's, it's an honor to be with you. Um, yeah, so in Texas, unlike Florida, we, we don't have, um, the governor can't just remove uh, a district attorney. Um, and there is no, unfortunately, there's no, I guess, impeachment process uh, for a local elected official. But what we do have in the state of Texas is at the county level, we have local government code chapter 87, which gives the citizens standing to file a petition for removal uh, in the case that there's official misconduct, uh, there's uh, malpractice, 
um, or there's drunkenness on the job or the elected official um, shows incompetency or they failed to give bond. And so knowing that we have that as citizens at the county level um, really gives, um, if you have enough evidence, gives the average citizen the ability to take on uh, a district attorney or um, a county judge or even a school board member um, at that at that level. So that's the route that we we had in Texas in this particular case in Nueces County against uh, District Attorney Mark Gonzalez. And so that's the, the route that uh, I decided to take. Kobe, explain to me what a petition is. Uh, what does what, what that consist of? What does that look like? Is it a petition where you go out and get a bunch of people to sign on to it, or is it something that it's it's a court process? In in this, um, yeah, I know it sounds when you say petition, you think going and getting a bunch of signatures. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, um, you it it would be like filing a lawsuit. Um, they call it a petition, and it's a it's a it's a civil matter. It's not a, a criminal matter, and so you would file a civil lawsuit against a local elected official. They call it a petition, um, and then you would need a plaintiff that lives in that county, that's lived in that county for six months, um, that has good standing to be able to sign on as a plaintiff. And I think it does, you don't, all you need is one, but you can actually sign up multiple plaintiffs to join the case uh, to bring a lawsuit um, of this type against elected official. Now, now this, this case that you're referring to, that you took on this DA, was in Nueces County, Texas, which is, uh, that's part of Corpus Christi. Is that correct? That's correct. So we're talking about a good sized county. We're not talking about uh, some little county in, in no, no place, Texas. We're talking in a, a sizable, sizable county. That's correct. Yeah, Nueces County, I think, currently has about 368,000 residents countywide. Um, when you compare us to a Harris County in Texas, uh, we certainly are, uh, the little brother, <laughs> right? Uh, right. They're up over 3.5 million. Um, but, but no, you're, you're right. It's not, uh, some rural County out in the middle of nowhere. We definitely have a lot of, uh, residents in our County. So just to back up on the process. So really the, <clears throat> the attorney general of the state of Texas or the governor cannot, remove um, a district attorney. Um, it has to be a citizen that files a petition uh, to be able to do that or go through that process. Is that correct? Yes. In this circumstance, yes, it does. That's okay. correct. Okay. Well, tell me what you saw. Tell me kind of the background of what happened and then what it took to, to get this person out. Um, Absolutely. So um, I've been a resident of Nueces County, Corpus Christi, since 2006. Um, during that time, a, a lot has happened. Um, I've, I've planted roots here, uh, met my wife here through our local church. We began to have a family. So this is home for me. This is where I've uh, dug roots. This is where I plan on staying and being a resident. So I care very much about uh, what goes on in Nueces County and in Corpus Christi, uh, where I call home. And so when I got involved with Citizens Defending Freedom, you know, before that, I never really paid attention to what was happening locally. I always focused on who's going to be the next president or the next governor of Texas. But um, through this organization, I began to look at, you know, what's happening at the local level. 
And uh, what I discovered is one of the most powerful um, elected officials in Texas is the local district attorney. Um, they are basically responsible for the justice system uh, in the county. And when I began to look at what was happening in our county, I began to discover that um, there was a lot of crime taking place in our county. And there was a lot of things happening. And when you when you started seeing where that trail led, it led right back to the district attorney's office. Uh, found out through the FBI uh, crime database that Corpus Christi was the 43rd most dangerous city in America. That's a problem for me. Uh, I've got I've got kids that I'm trying to raise here. So um, but during that time, uh, as we were investigating, it became very clear looking through news articles and reports that were coming out that our district attorney was responsible for a lot of that. Uh, give you an example. One of the things that he was doing um, is he had a site and release program. And through this program, he was allowing hardened criminals, uh, gangsters, if you will, people that um, should have been in jail were going through the system and getting released back out into society with a slap on the wrist. Uh, they were not being penalized. Uh, maybe they were a small fine. Maybe, um, you know, they had to check in with a, with, an, with a parole officer or something like that, but they, but they were still able to get back out into society. And as, as a result, some of these individuals um, you know, they had felonies on the rap sheet, got out and, and murdered people. Wow. You know, we're wow. talking people, people that had a rap sheet that was assault with a deadly weapon, um, sexual assault, felony level criminals were being put right back out into our community. And that was an issue for me. I was creating an unsafe environment for our community. And so um, when we found out about this local code 87, um, and that there was this process, I, I knew that um, I wanted to do something about it. Kobe, I'm going to go ahead and mention his name, and I, I want you to try to give a little bit of background of what you do know about this this DA. His name is Mark Gonzalez, and um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up, pull up a picture of him. I'm actually taking this off of uh, uh, Citizens Defending Freedom's website um, of who this is. And um, he, looks, he looks like a, a pretty... I want to say a pretty chill looking guy. Um, but here's, here's the rest of the story. Um, the only part of this guy that is probably not tatted up is, is probably his hands as you see in his face. <laughs> this guy is, uh, this guy is a pretty interesting character. And, um, apparently not on this website, but I saw where that, um, <clears throat> across his chest, He's got multiple tattoos. In fact, he's got more ink on him than he has skin. Um, but across his chest, what you'll see is um, the words, um, not guilty. <laughs> and um, apparently that was something that, you know, he may have done when he was just a an attorney. But um, I just find that really interesting. Now you have... Um, somebody like this. And from what we can tell, this is one of the people that um, was heavily funded by George, George Soros, which has been doing this across the nation. So this is not isolated what's going on here. Um, but just give me a little bit of background about him if you, if you do know any about it. Sure, sure. Um, 
I know that uh, Mark Gonzalez, um, from what I understand, uh, he went to St. Mary's University in San Antonio. Uh, he failed the bar three times or two <laughs> times, passed his third time, barely passed, um, and and was, um, I'm not sure the ranking system, but I think he was like second to last in law school when he graduated. Um, moved back. Uh, I think he's a, a member, um, or he lives in Agua Dulce, which is in Nueces County. It's where he started his law firm, um, and really just began to build his brand as a defense attorney in the area. Um, he's a self-proclaimed. You you can read this anywhere. He's a he's a self-proclaimed uh, Mexican tattooed biker. Uh, he's part of a gang that I think his uncle runs called the Calavetas. Calavetas. Uh, the Calavetas. Uh, as a motorcycle gang, um, and you can you can see him on Comedy Central. Trevor Noah's interviewed him. You can go pull all this stuff down and really get a feel for who he is. Now, Kobe, um, he now he he claims that this biker gang is a social club, but apparently right. there's some connection to the Banditos. Is that is that what you're understanding? Right. Yeah. So. I, I believe so. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, when you get into these, these gangs, uh, there's turf wars there's street wars. Uh, there's no doubt that there's criminal activity, uh, within these gangs. Um, you know, for all intensive purposes, what we focused on in this case, uh, was the civil side of the house. What he did not do as a district attorney, we didn't dive too much into um, any criminal activity or gang-related activity, but he definitely is part of the Calavetas, and he'll say it himself. Um, and so I'm sure there's they, they lock arms or they have disputes out in the community. As a matter of fact, we know that the Calavetas have been involved in, in shooting, gang shootings, related gang shootings, things of like that, in our community, which is another problem. And this is your um, district attorney that's supposed to be defending what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he's supposed to be administering justice uh, within the community. He's supposed to be holding that down, and that's his, that's part of his job. That's part of his role. But yet he's part of a, a biker gang club. So um, it's just a real interesting uh, dynamic there with him. But, you know, you mentioned his tattoo, Not Guilty. It's interesting. Um, he's got another tattoo on him that says FTP. Now, I'm not going to say what everybody in the United States knows what that means, um, but he says it stands, uh, it means for the people. I don't buy that because um, actions speak louder than your words. And uh, based on his time in office, he was not for the people, he was out for himself, Mark right. Gonzalez. Right. Um, let me let me ask you, in fact, um, we're going to come right back. Um, we're going to take just a, a break, and we're going to come right back, and I want you to um, start going through some of the th issues that you saw with him, some of the statistical information that, that you saw that was alarming to you that um, drove you to make a decision that you need to, need to try to do something about this. This is Randy Osborne. We'll be right back. Worldview Truth is a relatively a new podcast, but this is what I'm asking. Um, we are getting um, some unbelievable numbers that are starting to blow up, and it is only found on Rumble, Rumble under Worldview Truth, Randy Osborne. That's Worldview Truth, 
Randy Osborne. You can also find Worldview Truth on your favorite audio podcast. Uh, We're on just about every podcast that you can imagine. You can look that up and you can find it uh, for your car for, for listening as well. But what I'm asking you to do is when you find Worldview Truth, I'm asking you to follow the channel, follow the channel, and then share that channel with other people. Also, when you, when you listen to a podcast or you um, watch a podcast, um, comment on it. Tell us what you think about it. Tell us um, your perspective on what we're trying to do. And I appreciate that. It's growing, and I appreciate your support in Worldview Truth. Also, you can go to worldviewtruth.org, worldviewtruth.org, for other information about what we're doing. Thank you, and God bless. Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne of Worldview Truth. We are back. We are talking to uh, Kobe Wiltsey. And uh, Kobe <clears throat> took out a district attorney, one of George Soros district attorneys, I might add, in the state of Texas. And we're talking to him right now about that. And I want to go, uh, Kobe, and just kind of give us a background of what you saw in this district attorney that that led you to make a decision, we've got to get this guy out of office. Uh, some of the statistical information, you had mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, some of the information um, that you had seen with the FBI, some of the statistics. But give us some of the instances and some of the cases that you saw, what he was doing that was um, causing crime to go up there in the, in the, um, in the county of Nueces or in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas there. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, you know, some of the things that were just real alarming um, is, you know, the amount of backlog cases, uh, pat- particularly the dismissal rates. Um, when you look at his current tenure from his last tenure, um, felony dismissals were up 286 percent Wow! in our county. Um, that is alarming. That means, you know, if you pull down the numbers, I think it was about out of 10,055 cases, I think roughly 8,600 of those were dismissed. Those are felony level cases. Wow. Um, that's a problem. When you compared us to other counties of similar size in Texas, um, our dismissal rates were up over 72%. The closest county to us was, I think, around 56%. So we were just leaps and bounds ahead in terms of dismissal rates of other counties. Um, And then these people, you know, the mishandling of high profile cases. There was one case in particular um, that wasn't in our petition. But just to give you an example of the of the uh, incompetence of his office. So there was a doctor, a local doctor, Dr. Virial. This is public knowledge. You can go look this up where uh, it was alleged that he sexually abused over 14 women in his office. He was an OBGYN. Um, He was set to go to trial um, earlier this year, uh, I think in February or March. But what happened was in October of 2022, uh, the DA's office under Mark's watch lost several boxes of key evidence in that case. How do you do that? I don't, how how does that happen? Uh, Especially when you have an evidence room and you've got the key. So because that evidence was lost, 
when Dr. Virial faced trial, there was not enough evidence to um, basically prosecute him. Wow. Uh, he, he was, he, the case was ultimately dismissed. And now you have 14 women that are going to be living with that traumatic experience for the rest of their life. And there was no justice for them. Wow. Um, so that's just one example. Uh, you've got uh, the case of Jason Lotta, who was uh, a high-profile criminal with multiple felony assaults on his record. Again, went through this program, was put back out onto the streets, illegally got a hold of a firearm, and murdered two people. Uh, you know what? What does it take for them to administer justice? And does it take? continually releasing these people back out into society until they ultimately kill somebody. That's the problems that we were looking at. And um, it, it's, it's horrible to think about, but this is what was happening under Mark Gonzalez's tenure as district attorney. Wow. So tell me the process of what you did. You, you filed a petition with the court. Is that the way that works? Yeah, so what we did was ultimately we had to go out and gather the evidence. Okay. Um, as we began looking at Was it at statistical Marcus, or was it cases like the one you just described about the OBGYN? It was, it, and, it was all of it. So there was ethics violations included in this. Um, it, 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 you know, the dismissals was part of it. Uh, we had to go do the research. For that and pull down the numbers in the in some of the databases that are available to the to the citizen um but we had to go put those numbers together we had to go do public information requests uh through the county uh court system to get you know certain cases that we could review and look at um there was also ethics violations that i mentioned like one of the things that we discovered is mark is very active on his facebook it's another thing that if a citizen wants to do, you should look at your elected officials' Facebooks, uh, because what we discovered is he was doing Facebook live videos from the district attorney's office, and he was promoting his local businesses. That is against the law. That's illegal in, in most states. Yeah. Right. We looked into his bond. One of the um, items on the Chapter eighty seven removal. Uh, law is that if they fail to give bond, that's something that you can bring against, bring against them and have them removed from office. We discovered that he did in fact fail to give bond within the allotted time frame. So that was another thing. So it was, it was just a lot of research, about six to eight months worth of research and evidence that was compiled, uh, working with my uh, attorney and then having my attorney put that together in a petition. And then our attorney filed it with the court. Uh, in j early January of this year. What court does that get filed with? Uh, that gets filed with, uh, I think his court was the district court, the 105th okay. court. Okay. Um, and the way the process works is most of the time, and we had seen this because we were looking at other DAs where this, had, this approach had taken place around the country, and one in particular in El Paso, Texas. And we knew that you have to make the evidence so strong because ultimately the judges, when it gets kicked down into the lower courts, most of the time they're going to recuse themselves because they work for the DA 
it's political to them, right? To us, right. it's not. It's a matter of public safety, but to them, it's political. So they don't want to rock the boat. So they'll dismiss themselves. And most of the time, and in this case, it's the way it worked out. They had to bring in a out-of-town judge, a retired judge, to oversee the case that was impartial to Nueces County. Um, and then from there, what has to happen is you have to make the evidence so strong that the county attorney has to join the case. Uh, if, oh, wow. if the county attorney does not join the case, then a lot of times it will get dismissed and nothing will happen. So that's because the evidence was so strong and because Mark, the damage was done, um, in this particular case, the county attorney did decide to join the case and ultimately represent me, the plaintiff, the citizen on the case to move the case forward. Oh, wow. So when this happened, um, this was filed. The county attorney joined the case because of the evidence, obviously. And when this happened, um, what what was his reaction? Did, did you see any correspondence of what his reaction was when this was done, when this happened? Yes. Yeah, so it, it caught him off guard. Um, that was another thing. We, we kept this very quiet. Uh, we didn't put this out in the public. We didn't talk about it as we were building the case. Um, but he found out the day it got filed, um, caught him off guard and, uh, Mr. Gonzalez is very vocal. Uh, I guess you could say he's somewhat flamboyant. And he went on to Facebook Live, I believe that evening or the next evening, and just ranted for about an hour of how angry he was and that he couldn't believe this was happening. And, of course, he cussed and he gave <laughs> some interesting analogies um, about the event and it actually the the news the local news cycle picked it up and posted it um, and he's and if anybody wants to go to his Facebook it's still there it's at the top of his video feed you can go uh, listen to him uh, I guess tell you how he really feels if I was situation. an attorney I I mean he would <laughs> I know I know from a PR perspective it's like uh, don't do that <laughs> but apparently he doesn't uh, he has no uh, concept of that. Uh, and so it's still yeah, up it, there. It's still up there to this day. Wow. So anybody can go check it out. Were, were there, did you get any, um, did you get any death threats of any kind as a result of this? Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, during this whole process, I did not receive any death threats at all. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when God, puts a calling on your heart um, or asks you to do something that might be put you at risk or where you think it's unsafe. Um, he really does cradle you. He, he cradled my family and I, uh, my wife was totally on board with this. We knew that um, God had called us to be in this fight, not particularly against mark or anything like that just in general in the times right. that we're in that we as christians we need to take a stand that's right and begin to uh be the salt and light in the darkness and this was an, an area where um there was an opportunity to do that and god really protected us through this time we had a lot of the um, faith community support that were just praying for us praying over awesome. this particular case 
And uh, we, we just felt God's peace through the whole thing. And I truly believe he protected us. Kobe, from the point that you, um, that the, 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 the petition was filed and the point that the um, county attorney got on board with it, from that point on, was it, was it scheduled to go to trial? Is that the way that process works? Yes, it was. So um, we had an initial hearing back in May, and this was the before the county attorney had joined. Uh, she was in the room, but I had uh, our CDF general legal counsel with me, Jonathan Houlihan. He was representing me at the time, and it was during that hearing that um, the judge, um, you know, she basically joined the case. Mm. And so then she became my representation and going forward after that, there was um, we were we were scheduled to go to trial. I think September twenty fifth, which was my birthday. Actually, it was really interesting. <laughs> Happy birthday! I found that kind of funny. Um, and but there was a series of events that happened um, that they kept. They ended up pushing the trial to December. Uh, we were scheduled to have another hearing on September. I believe it was September the twelfth. And I was deposed. I was supposed to go into a deposition um, and be questioned. But then I ended up having our third son. So that got pushed. There was just all these things that happened and things kept getting pushed. But ultimately, uh, you know, Mark ended up resigning before any of that happened. And uh, as a result, so I think there, there were some things that we we were going to bring to light witnesses um, discovery evidence that was going to come out in the trial that I think the only way he could save face was to resign and, you know, run for Senate seat now in Texas. I think, I don't, I don't think he stands a chance personally. I just think that was a way for him to save face. So he resigned and then he turned around and I'm just running for Senate against Ted Cruz? That's correct. Wow. Okay. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, and he announced um he announced early in the morning and then later that afternoon he resigned. So Okay. And that's what he did. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, this is a huge encouragement um to me, Colby. It's a huge encouragement, I hope, to other people that say, you know, us one citizen can make a difference. I, I hear this all the time. I hear people like, well, there's nothing we can do, nothing I can do. Um, I hear this so much that, you know, I'm just one person and the, the country's falling apart and there's just, you know, I'm just one person, there's nothing I can do. But you have proven that one person can do something. And um, this, this is an amazing story. I don't think a lot of people know this story. I did not hear this story. Um, I've never heard this story before. About a month ago, I heard about it. And um, I heard some things about the, the process in Texas, and there's a lot of blame gaming going on about why that the laws are the way they are. Um, but I also found out that um, the, um, the legislature there in Texas um, was passing some disciplinary laws if um, district attorneys did not uh, prosecute, for example, this particular bill I saw was specifically on um, abortion. Um, abortion is um, illegal in the state of Texas. Is that correct? 
Yes, sir. That's correct. We are. I call I call us an abortion desert. That's awesome. That's a good desert to have. Um, but what I found out is I don't know if this law passed or not, but I know that there's legislation that was out there that was they were working on to penalize um, basically district attorneys, prosecutors that would not prosecute um, abortion cases. In fact, in, in here in Florida, um, that's one of the reasons that the governor removed one of the the um, the prosecutors here in Florida was they got out there and openly said, I'm not going to prosecute the following <laughs> and just went out there and, and publicly made that statement. And um, one of them was was um, the abortion laws here in the state of Florida. So I think Texas, I don't know if they passed that or not. I, do you know if they did? I believe you, if, if, if we're talking about the same bill, it would be H, HB 17, and that bill did get passed. Did it? That's awesome. It's probably yes, a sir. result of, of people like uh, Gonzalez here on, on, on his stands against that. I think that's probably one. I, you didn't tell me that. that. Was that in the petition that, that he would not prosecute those, or that one wasn't even mentioned? That was That was in the original petition when the, when the county attorney got a hold of it um she made some amendments to that uh because she thought that some of those things were a little too political but also there were there we haven't had an abortion uh case come up in corpus right so okay. he he has never had the he had never had the opportunity to not prosecute or prosecute a case. So it was you. kind of neither here nor there, but we do, we did have him on record um, in the, in the original petition where he did say that, look, I understand that it's illegal to perform abortions, but I will not prosecute any, any women or any doctors or any clinics that perform an abortion in New Aces County. And in order for the attorney general to come in and do that, I have to invite him in to be a part of that case. And so I'm simply not going to invite him into Nueces County. Oh, wow. And uh, wow. so he, he, he took a stand, yeah. um, him along with five other DAs across Texas, um, the one in Travis County, the one in Bear County, Dallas County, and Harris County. And they're all part of this network of rogue prosecutors um, that, you know, take the law into their own hands. And, uh, and it's this soft on crime, progressive approach to criminal justice. They're trying to reform criminal justice in the United States. And so he's just one of five here in Texas. Well, Kobe, you are working with uh, Citizens Defending Freedom and uh, they're in Texas. And tell me some of, the, some of the things. This is an awesome, awesome case. And this is something that probably needs to be taken to a few more places there in Texas from what you just described. But tell me exactly what some of your all's initiatives are there in Texas uh, with Citizens Defending Freedom. Absolutely. So uh, Citizens Defending Freedom, we're a professional nonprofit uh, our mission is to empower and educate local citizens to be able to stand for and defend their freedoms at the local level. And like I said before, um, you know, the country, it's nice when you have a president that aligns with your values. It's good when you have a governor, but ultimately they're not the ones that are going to save the country. Um, it's this country was designed for we, the people to get involved yeah. and where you have the most impact, where you can have the most influences at the local level. 
And so one of the things that we do is we encourage and empower people to go and get involved uh, in your local school board, run for office, uh, find out what kind of policies are coming into the school system. What are they doing with your tax dollars? What what kind of uh, decisions are being made at the city council level, at the commissioner's court? We have um, been so effective uh, just, you know, focusing, laser focusing on the issues that are happening at the county level. I'll give you an example. Um, when I when I first got involved here in Nueces County um, and I started honing in on the school board, what we found is there was a um, a third party clinic here called, uh, what was the name of that clinic? Anyway, they, they were involved here. They got federal grant money to push a curriculum called Making Proud Choices into our local school system. When I looked into Making Proud Choices, uh, along with the help of some volunteers from Moms for Liberty, we discovered that it was a curriculum that was set out to groom children. Wow. Um, it was so horrible. Uh, we got a hold of the teacher's manual and found out that the curriculum, when you purchase the materials, it came with a kit of male, uh, uh, male genitalia model replica with 75 premium condoms for the students to uh, demonstrate, you know, to put condom on in the classroom. Wow. And it said in the teacher's manual, it only comes with one, but if possible, try to get one for every student. Uh, it had in the teacher's manual for the for the kids to come in front of the class and do condom negotiation skills. And it wasn't just boy and girl. It was boy on boy and girl on girl. And so imagine a teacher with this curriculum that has an agenda. We've seen it across the country that calls up little Tommy and little Jimmy who are two straight little boys and calls them up in front of the class and asks them to act out homosexual condom negotiation skills. Oh, no. I mean, oh, this no. is, and this curriculum was designed for sixth graders. Unbelievable. Six. And this is in, this is in Corpus Christi. Wow. wow. You know? And so we, um, when we found this out that it was coming up for a vote, we, I called on, uh, the pastors in the area. I called on the faith community. I called on citizens defending freedom, volunteers, parents, grandparents, um, moms for liberty. And we went down and we laid out our case of why we do not want this in the classroom. And we uh, exposed what was in that teacher's manual, what was in that curriculum. And the board had no idea. Wow. They had no idea. Wow. And so they voted against it eight to one. And so that's just an example of something you can do. The normal, the average citizen, um, even the pastors came out and spoke in that. We had we had four or five pastors that took a stand wow. and said, you know, this is immoral. This is not something we should be teaching children. Um, and so when when the church gets involved, when the citizens get involved, when you just start paying attention and taking an active role in what's happening in our schools in our city councils, you can make a difference. Awesome. Kobe, give us some, uh, give us some contact information, how somebody can get involved. They say, wow, this is, this is something that we really need to be involved in and the faith-based community and, and pastors, give me some contact information that they can get, um, 
some some sources, resources that they can get to you or uh, to the organization, to Citizens Defending Freedom? Absolutely. So you can go right now to our website at citizensdefendingfreedom.com. And uh, I think if you go to the bottom, there's a way to contact the organization. Okay. You can either call or you can email and they will connect you in the state that you uh, you live in or you reside in. Okay. Um, but we, we want to be uh, a resource for the nation um, because this isn't just happening in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. That's right. But that's probably the best way is to go to our national website at citizensdefendingfreedom.com and go down to the contact section and reach out to our, you can either email or call. There's a phone number there and an email and uh, they will, we will connect you, you know, uh, with whoever we need to, to get you, get you the support you need. Awesome. Well, Kobe, I appreciate you coming on and giving us your story. There is hope. And you just showed us um, that there is hope for America. And I appreciate that. This is Randy Osborne. Until next time, God bless. Worldview Truth.